Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the Side Action episode 24 of season 5. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and Side Action Podcast on Instagram. All right, Action, we had the big game. Uh, Super Bowl party was pretty fun. I'm assuming you did better than me because you, you won a lot of those tickets on Kansas City there, so... You were probably a lot happier than me. Yeah, it was uh, definitely another profitable Super Bowl for me this year, buoyed by, of course, the over and the Kansas City tickets that I had in my account. But I think the props in themselves did pretty good, too. So can't complain. Were you able to still turn a profit, even with some of your prop winners, or did, was it? I was basically break even. I think I lost 15 bucks on the Super okay. Bowl. But I mean, I bet, you know, 175 bucks or something. So, I mean, I, I was, you know, and we can walk through it in a minute, but I ended up chasing a little bit, you know, as the game kind of. Sure. I, was, I realized really quickly that teaser was going to get crushed because the I should have taken the under, not the over, um, since there was absolutely no defense out there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I guess we'll go over the little thing that happened, a little preview of the props, is that the Red Foreshadows, we had a good group there, like eight or ten of us, and. Um, they did a really interesting pool action. So they did this pool where I was too late. They had done the squares during the week, so I couldn't get in a square, which is probably better anyway. So they had first touchdown props, and you could – they had it tiered. So there were $5 players, $10 players, and $25 players. You know, like the Kelsey's, A.J. Browns, Hurts were $25 to, to buy in. Um, you had your you know, your game wells, your – I think Devontae Smith was a $10 guy. And then you had like, you know, the defenses and Mahomes rushing and stuff for the five dollars. You could basically put sixty dollars down, just pick a bunch of people, right? Um, you could you could bet like the whole board if you wanted to, and that was the pool essentially. So when the first touchdown, when Gainwell fell, and in short, um, I was jumping up and down because I knew not only did I get the three to you know three ten on any time that I bet. But I was super excited about the pool, and I started running to the table, and then they're like, oh, there's a review. I'm like, no! <laughs> and so he falls in in short, and it turns out that I would have won like 500 bucks, man. Uh, we would have split. There's only two of us out of the entire pool. That picked Gainwell? That picked Gainwell. Wow. The whole uh, bar, there were only two of us. So was it so, a first touchdown pool? First touchdown. Oh, first okay, touchdown. Okay. Wow. Yes. So it was like, damn it. And, of course, Hertz just gets, you know, pushed in, and, and that was that. I'm like, extend the ball. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. But anyway, overall, we had a good time. We started doing these kind of stupid things that I've done in the past where I just pit people together, like, against each other. I'm like, you know, whether it's a commercial bet, like, I had a bet with a girl, like, what's going to show first, an animal or a baby in a commercial? Of course, the animal animal won there. Um we had like male or female celebrity. We had, uh, you know, I guess it was like touchdown or field goal on some of those drives and stuff like that. So it was just kind of $5 against each other just to make it interesting amongst the non 
like you and I, we'd be looking at all of our regular props, but sure. I got everybody, the non betters to get in on all the different, you know, mini props. So. Nice. That sounds That's like fun. a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So well, let's go over the Super Bowl itself action. Uh, you know, final score 38, 35. I guess you foresaw this. Um, I didn't think it was going to be that many points. I, I think a lot of factored in was this field. And now I'm, I'm reading all about how the field was trash and it was like an ice skating rink. So nobody could get to the passers. And, you know, I, it was funny. I look at the official score. It said two sacks. I looked at the play by play. I only see one, but bottom line is the Eagles did not get a sack in the game. And I think Kansas city got the sacks when Hertz ran out of bounds, yeah. you know, short of the line. So it wasn't even really an actual sack, but you know, you hit the money line, you hit the plus one, you plus the one and a half for Kansas city. I lose my 550 on the uh, future, but I did go in-game Kansas City. I didn't get when they were down by 10. I got when they were down by 6 at plus, you know, 145 to, you know, plus 145 to get a little money back in the account on the uh, result. Nice. Well, I mean, that's good for you hitting in-game number there because, I mean, it was after after halftime. You know, at halftime, well, first we should talk about the injury because, I mean – Mahomes, I don't know if he was like play acting or what, but he mm-hmm. could barely walk after that hit. And then he came out of halftime and he was like scrambling and running all over the place. It was incredible. I I couldn't believe that the Chiefs looked as good as they did in the second half. I don't think the Eagles stopped them a single time. They they didn't. Um, no, you know what Tordal does? That that it was such a long halftime show. He had plenty of time for that drug to kick in for Rihanna, you know, to do her. And we didn't mention that. Of course, Rihanna has a baby or is having a baby, number two. So that was all did, the rage. Did but, you know? I didn't know, but you know, we were looking and I'm like, when my dad says it, I'm like, dad, don't be insensitive. But then it was like, when my dad guessed that she was pregnant, I'm like, you know, everybody knows now. But, you know, she said there was going to be a special guest star. Uh, well, her was the baby. Um, we were waiting. When's Kanye coming out? When's Drake or somebody? You know, Eminem. But uh, but to get back to your point, yeah, in the first half the Eagles dominated, but they were only up by six or ten, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, they had an opportunity. I think that fumble, you know, the big fumble that Hurts had, you know, midfield, you know, just it was kind of like when Mahomes did that crazy fumble yeah, against right. yeah. just but in that case they took it to the house, or in this case took it to the house. So, but you know, there still were. Moving the ball at will on Kansas City, their defense was bad. Um, but you're right, Mahomes, his mobility, uh, Pacheco, they started running the ball more in the second half. Thank to you. your point, I heard that uh, Mahomes was 13 of 14 in the second half passing. So he had one incompletion. It was actually a throwaway. So, you know, the guy who, uh, it's Gannon, his, I can't remember his first name, the defensive coordinator, he's now the coach of Arizona. Good luck, Arizona. The guy didn't make any adjustments during the game or at halftime and he just let Mahomes throw wide open shots all game, damn game. It was yeah. really weird. Um, yeah. I guess you know, lost in this whole thing is Hertz had an amazing game. I mean, 304 yards passing four total touchdowns, 70 yards rushing. I mean, a historic performance for any quarterback in a Super Bowl, and he loses. So it was just a bummer in the end, you know? Yeah. It's history. will probably forget that performance because they lost the game. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I was going to say is that give Andy Reid a lot of credit. The two touchdowns in the red zone, on, I think they were both third downs. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly they had no idea. What I heard the replayer when people were talking about it was the Eagles thought they were slick. I don't know if you heard that they hired Vic Fangio for two weeks. Yeah. Did you hear that story? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so they were obviously scouting plays. So they were re- they were running they were reading the play. But unfortunately, hey, Andy Reid said they're reading this play. We're going to throw this wrinkle in it, and the guy's wide open on both sides of the field. It was the same play. They ran it on just different sides of the field. And um, so Reid just kind of put on a, a master class in the second half, and good for them. But in the end, I mean, if, I mean, I was I was salty about the penalty. We all can talk about that defensive holding. But in the end, you know, it was a good football game, and it was a shame that they couldn't get a real chance at the end. But Mahomes gets the MVP plus 130. Yeah. I mean, he he played awesome. Like you mentioned, though, he didn't really have to make any difficult throws. It seems like all of his wide receivers were open in the second half. And, I mean, he just did what he had to do to win the game. The punt return by Tony was really Mm. huge, too. I mean, that can't be lost in the one. I think it was a one-point game at the time. They were up by one, and that was a huge play. Well, and I thought the play of the game per se and really the mistake of the game it was third and two for the eagles on that third down in their own zone they they threw the ball i they've been running all game they instead they run this play and and good good for spagnola for blitzing the house on hurts to get him out of the out of the pocket he threw it away and then the forces the punt it was a bad punt tony returns it he only had like four touches in the game one was a huge punt return and one was a touchdown so you know, he made a big impact on limited touches there. Definitely. So, we go over some of these props. Uh, you know, the, the touchback hit in the first one, you had Mahomes. We talked about that. The first score was Philly, and, and Casey hit the, the last score. Um, the two-pointer hit, plus 240. I don't know if you bet that. I didn't end up betting that one, I'm, shamefully, but it did hit. Um, you know, for the props, I mean, Hurts blasted the yards and total yeah. yards. He didn't get over the touchdowns. And on the flip side, Mahomes, I mean, only 182 yards in this game. So he was vastly under his prop um, and his total yards. Now, he he did get his rushing prop easily. And I thought that was kind of more or less, the I guess, the third play of the game. You had the, the, punt, or the fumble return for a touchdown, the punt return, and then that run. And I think it was second and long, second and eight. And he ran the ball for like 26 or something yards. His longest run of the season, by the way. And it got him in the zone and set up the, uh, the the final sequence. Yeah, that was remarkable. He had a big run on the first drive of the second half, too, that got them down to, like, the 10-yard line. So mm-hmm. at that point, like, you knew he was going to be looking to run. I think he went over his rushing attempts and, of course, the rushing yardage prop as well. He did. Um, was a little bit of a surprise. I'm not sure if this was because of the early hit, but Sanders was, like, a no factor in the, in the first yeah. half. He started getting the ball late, um, but they really kind of stopped running him. And Gainwell, even though he went over his prop, they didn't really give him the ball. It was really the Hurts show. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hurts had a ton of carries and a ton of yards, 70 yards we mentioned. And then Pacheco, you know, I did end up getting not on his rushing yards, but his combined yards, even though he didn't catch a ball, which are a little yeah. – <laughs> handicap wasn't so good on that. But he did hit the over because he he led the league or led the uh, the game in rushing. I think at 79 rushing yards, so he looked really good um, as we kind of expected. Once we had kind of communicated that once Clyde Edwards-Helaire was ruled out of the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line really put on a show. This vaunted Philadelphia Eagles D line didn't really mm-hmm. do much because not only did they get zero sacks, but Kansas City was running the ball better than they had been the last several weeks. Mm-hmm. As we kind of expected on the receiving, you know, A.J. Brown went over game. Everybody went over great Gainwell, Goddard, Smith, although Kelsey 
He did go over. He just over. He if you get the 81 and 80 and a half, he went 81. And this is something you talked about. We'll have to remember for next year. You mentioned it. If you get the props, the over props early in the week, yeah, then you can get better numbers because later in the week those numbers tick up as people bet, and it may hit you. And I would imagine a lot of people probably bet Kelsey over. Maybe it was 81 and a half or something, and then they went under. So. Um, lastly, the touchdown props. So Kelsey did hit. That was kind of like an automatic winner for everybody. Um, Pacheco got in there. Hurts, I didn't see what it paid, but he had three touchdowns. I mean, that must have paid a, a good penny there. Yeah, I think I heard on v like 29, 28 or 29 to 1. Mm-hmm. And then the, that jersey number would be Hurts. I think that's the, the under number. He's number five, right? I think that's right. And then, yeah, number, what's, yeah. is he number one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's number one. Uh, and then the uh, this was something at the bar. One of the guys at the bar's best buddies or something paid 15 bucks to get the correct sequence of first touchdowns. He had Hurts, Kelsey, then Brown in succession, and $15 paid you know 3,000 bucks. So it was a nice nice payday for somebody there. Don't say. Uh, yeah. Lastly, we talked about the sacks. Nobody really got home on the sacks. On that one, um, you know, Hassan Reddick, that ticket was in flames. And then the specialty ones, the anthem was actually under for Stapleton. He was, you know, I don't know. We, we, we thought he would kind of riff it out a little bit. And then I didn't see it on the broadcast, but I understand that the, the color purple was the uh, Gatorade color. Um, and I saw I, I did it on my article. I saw a good Gatorade dump on him. But as you said, it was random. It was not based on the team team winning. Yeah, weird they didn't show that video on the broadcast. I had to look for it later on Twitter and saw there was like a still photo of Reed getting dumped with the purple Gatorade, but it was kind of strange they didn't show it. Yeah. So general takeaways, I mean, look, great NFL season, uh, probably the right teams that played. I mean, maybe you could have said Cincinnati here at the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, San Francisco, I think, but Purdy wasn't going to make it. You know, going for next year, I mean – Obviously, the sky's the limit with KC because most of our guys are pretty young and they've already paid Mahomes. And I think Kelsey's okay. Maybe their defense needs to be revamped a little bit. On the Philly side, the big question is, are they going to extend Hurts? Um, And then it becomes a little tougher to have that same depth that they had this year, both on defense and on offense, because you're paying the quarterback. So, like, they kept talking about it on Vista this week, that the formula was two different formulas. You had a guy in a rookie deal. And then you had an elite quarterback, well, and obviously elite tight end, and then really a lot of fill-in players. I mean, Chris Jones is a great player, but I mean, my point is they they went the uh, there's two different models that in the team build. Yeah, really interesting. I mean, surely Philadelphia is going to lose some of their players just to free agency and having mm-hmm. to pay the quarterback, presumably. But um, you're right. I think Kansas City certainly has to be listed as the favorite next season with Mahomes playing quarterback. I mean, they're the best team just from that alone. Right, exactly. I mean, the only thing I would say is ASC's loaded, so and they might get, you know, Rodgers. We, we, <laughs> we have to mention the proxy. I'm sure he's not listening, but, you know, his, his sadness, he's shedding a tear for Derek Carr somewhere. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, he'll still be in the ASC somewhere because he's some crappy team. Or maybe the Jets were not bad. But, um... Would you consider shopping for any of these AFC teams a little bit lower down that are in the market for Aaron Rodgers, et cetera? I don't know about Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
I mean, I, I could, I don't know, after the whole Denver debacle, I mean, a lot of people talked up Sean Payton, you know, with, with Russell. Could there be a turnaround? I mean, if you're talking about Super Bowl futures, I mean, the Bengals are the team I, I put some money on now. They'll be down the board. They're probably the second or probably the third favorite. I bet you Buffalo's up there yeah. behind KC. But you'd still got to look at the NFC, man, because the bottom line is, in the end, obviously, the Eagles didn't win. I did, did think they probably should have won the game. But they're going to have just as good a chance because, you know, they're going to have an easier path, you know, especially if Rodgers leaves Green Bay. I mean, you've got San Francisco, you've got Dallas and Philly, and then we'll see what happens with Minnesota or your Detroit Lions or something like that. I mean, those teams, in my mind, don't compare uh, to the AFC teams at this point. Um, but that's just my take on it. Yeah, certainly. But, I mean, if you're looking at longer shots, going to the NFC side of the board is, has to be your first look because oh, yeah. when you compare the two conferences, it's ridiculous how much talent there is in the AFC versus the yeah. NFC. If you can pick out a team that makes it to the championship or the Super Bowl like the mm-hmm. Eagles this year, then you can have a lot of room to maneuver. Yeah, and, and do a true hedge, actually, not like what I did. Uh, <laughs> Fair. You live and you learn, you know. Yeah. Overall, it was profitable in the playoffs. I can't really, I can't really complain. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, supremely profitable NFL season for yours truly. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't do much during the regular season. Uh, a lot of weird stuff. I didn't really bet that much, but you know, playoffs. I think it was like seven X, man. I mean, just raking in every week. You know, just. Even with splitting at the end here, I was still up like six, six point seven units or whatever. So, nice. Uh, and that's on fifty bucks. It wasn't like you know ten bucks like I normally do. So, <laughs> so that was a good turnout. Um, can't complain. Well, let's turn the page action to college basketball. Um, this is our, our our love. We only got like whatever six, seven, eight weeks or something of this left. And, you know, we got to get fine-tuned. Um, there's a big game going on now. I think the game's probably over Tennessee and Alabama. But um, there's a ton of games that have been played. And, we, you know, as we already mentioned in college basketball in our preview a couple weeks ago, it's wide open. And it just continues to be wide open, you know. So when we look at last week's card, I guess I should update this. We went 3-2. and two. Uh, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, we went 3-2. Yeah. and two. And... Um, so, you know, the aforementioned, you know, Alabama, uh, we, we thought Auburn would come home, but you know, they've struggled a little bit even, you know, and Alabama's a really good team. They're still playing tough against Tennessee on the road. So they're really a good team. You know, they, they came home on the road, but also UConn, they ended up covering the late number. I think our early number was a little lower than this. And they got inside that, they only lost by three, 56, 53 at Creighton. Uh, but they're still struggling in the Big East. Uh, and then Rutgers, you know, they're not good on the road. But they lost last night at home. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, Nebraska. Of all yeah. Things. You know, I added a Rutgers game that we'll talk about for the next week. But they are uh, not playing so well since they lost their uh, power forward to injury. There you go. Good call. And then Baylor. This is a sneaky team action. I think, you know, they've got a great coach. They've got a good program. They covered on the road at TCU. Uh, I mean, short number, two points in 72-68. You mentioned, I think, TCU had an injury last week. Mm-hmm. So we did like that. But that's a team to watch. And then Providence did win last night. You know, when Ed Cooley is a is a, is a dog, especially at home, you got to watch that guy. And, and they won the game uh, outright against Creighton. 
Yeah, double overtime. That game last night was probably the game of the year, at least for my eyes. I mean, it was back and forth, and I feel like Creighton had many chances to win that game, but ultimately the Friars got it done. Yeah, exactly. As we look at this week, um, we've got a game here on Thursday uh, that, that you like or we're going to talk about. Your, your Boilers, you know, they obviously lost at Northwestern a little bit surprising. That was on Super Bowl Sunday. Now they're going to Maryland, and Maryland's been playing better. They're a very short favorite, one point on the road per uh, – is this actual line or is this a Ken Palm? No, actually, I was just thinking that. This is a Ken Palm line, but I am going to pull up actual line. Purdue minus one. Look at that. Ken Palm look at strikes this. again. What do you know? He knows. Um, this is at 6.30 Eastern, so an early game. You know, we can talk a bit about your, your team a little bit as we kind of go through the season here. They've got the young guards. If they turn the ball over, they lose, yeah. right? Because you know they got Edie. This Maryland team's playing really good. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I kind of would probably take your, hey, follow the home team, even though it didn't work out perfect last week against your Boilers. Yeah, the uh, Maryland Terrapins – unblemished at home in conference play they did drop one game uh in the non-con to ucla but i think uh this maryland team is a little bit different at home we saw them put a pretty good beating on indiana a few weeks back and on top of that in the first meeting between purdue and maryland this season and west lafayette maryland held them to 58 points in a three-point defeat Mm -hmm. So they uh, they certainly let Zach Eady get his in that first game, which most teams have this season, but they really right. shut down all of the other Boilermakers. And I have every expectation that Purdue is going to drop another game tomorrow night at Maryland. So I'm going to play them on the money line. Yeah, and to your point, Eady scored a ton of points against Indiana and they lost. Mm-hmm. He scored a pretty good number of points against Northwestern and they lost. So maybe that is the model. You know, let him eat, not 100%, but, you know, let him get in there, do his thing, and, and shut down the perimeter. And and then in the end, he probably tires, I would guess, as the game goes on. Yep. So on Friday night, I was just searching, dude. I, I really, I know you love the Friday night action, man. I'm just trying, buddy. <laughs> and originally, I picked New Mexico at San Diego State, or San Jose State, because New Mexico was like the darling of the NCAA basketball at the beginning of the season. They have cratered. I don't know if they've lost some players or what. And, you know, San Jose State usually sucks. But this year they're not bad. They're actually decent. Yeah. Um, They're kind of coming on in the Mountain West. Otherwise, we're talking about the Ivy League on Friday night. So New Mexico is a – actually, San Jose State is a one-point favorite at home per your Ken Palm rating here. I'd probably probably go with them on this one. Uh, they're the Trojans, right? Is that right? I think you're right. Yeah, <laughs> San Jose. I go with the Trojans over the Lobos in this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you're on to something there. We talked last week that my mantra is home team, predominantly this season, and so uh, certainly uh, New Mexico has a pretty powerful home court advantage when they're playing at the Pit in Albuquerque. But going on the road to San Jose could be a different story. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not sure what the deal is with them lately, but most definitely they're not playing as good as they did early in the season. Maybe the competition in, in league is getting better than, than they played out, you know, their non-conference schedule. But So I'm probably going to fade the, the mighty Lobos down the stretch, unfortunately. I know um, last night one of their top players warmed up but ended up not playing. So I think you're right okay. that they may have some sort of injury. Don't recall the player's name at the moment but certainly something to look out for as you're betting new mexico down the stretch 
Right. And this just in, Tennessee did finish off Alabama. So yet another number one team going down. Um, you know, this time, you know, obviously on the road, which is pretty typical as we, as we mentioned. So there you go. Action knows what he's talking about. So on Saturday, we've highlighted four games here. Uh, a couple in the Big Ten to start. Illinois is going to Indiana. Uh, the Hoosiers are three-point favorites per Ken Palm in this one. This is a noon game on Saturday, the 18th. Uh, Illinois has they've been good against the spread lately, uh, but you know this Indiana team's I don't know I really like them. I don't want to get too excited about a Big Ten team like I did last year, like Iowa. But you know I, I love was it Trey, Trace what's his name again? Trace Jackson Davis. Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah. There's the three names, you know. It's, but I really like his game, obviously, and and the way they play. So I probably would favor Indiana, although you're probably going to tell me that's too many points. No, no. I, I think that uh, Indiana is definitely the side here because Trace Jackson Davis has been in total destruction mode uh, mm-hmm. since Big Ten season started. Um, he, if it weren't for Zach Eady, he would be a runaway Player of the Year candidate right now. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to get there because Edie has been so dominant in his own right. But right. Uh, Trace is averaging 25 points a game and over 12 rebounds a game since Big Ten play started, and there is no player in the league that can shut him down, including Dane Danger, the Illinois power forward. So uh, right. Indiana previously went to Champaign earlier this season and really put a beat down on Illinois, and I expect that it's going to happen again this Saturday in Bloomington. There you go. And obviously, Illinois is coming off a road loss at Penn State, which was kind of a shocker because they had been they had covered three straight before that. So there you go. And then we just talked, you put Rutgers at Wisconsin. Now, I know you badmouth the Badgers. Uh, somehow, they're on a lot of bracketologists' radar, which is no. crazy. Also, <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it. I was like, Wisconsin? But uh, Rutgers is favored per Ken Palm on the road here. We got to fade, fade the Scarlet Knights in this one, don't we? Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, they, I, you know, last night actually, I think Wisconsin ended up getting a nice win last night against Michigan as well. Mm-hmm. So these are two teams that are turning in opposite directions. Rutgers, right. of course, with the downtrend and the uh, big injury. And uh, Wisconsin has been playing much better lately, uh, certainly than since the last time I bashed them. So I think if you see Wisconsin open up as an underdog in this game, I would be surprised. In fact, I think it's likely going to be Wisconsin minus one or minus two. Right. I'm sure it will flip over. Well, we'll see. But we've seen a lot of lazy. <laughs> this sure. thing about you know, the bookmakers, there are so many college games on Saturday, me, me included. When I try to grade my games, I, I go only the top 40 teams in Ken Palm. Yeah. And it's like there's usually 20 games of those, you know, those top 20 teams or 40 teams, 20 to 25 teams are playing, you know, on Saturday. So there's usually some room there. So Tennessee obviously just came off the big win against Alabama. Uh, they're going to go on the road to Lexington and play Kentucky. This is at 1 o'clock Eastern. Kentucky is kind of teetering, probably in the tournament, but maybe not. They're really not playing that great. I'm not exactly sure why because they still have – Chigway and they've got some other players on there. Um, isn't Obi Toppin's brother yeah. on that team? I mean, they should be better than they are. You're showing Tennessee is a four-point favorite on the road. Obviously, Tennessee's got a great D, but I think they struggled on the road, dude. I, I don't know. Too many points for me if I was to chase the balls on the road. Yeah, this is a really tough one because Tennessee, these are two teams that I like to fade. 
recently in Kentucky and Tennessee. And so, I mean, I think I would probably shade to the home side here, but coming off a big win tonight, I know that Zakai Ziegler had a big game listening to the radio on my way home tonight and um, mm-hmm. going into uh, Rupp Arena. If the guards can play well for Tennessee, I think that's an advantage that they might have over Kentucky. But, I mean, you got to say the player of the year last way, last year, Oscar Shibway, has been, like, non-existent this season. I have no idea what happened to him. Yeah, I don't know either. It's hard to say if it's injuries or maybe there's something off the court. I, I don't really know. It's been, a, it's been an interesting year for Kentucky. They just haven't been the same. But Calipari's a good coach. Um, he's sure. got time to turn around for a couple more weeks of uh, February here, so we'll see. The last game, you know, mega game in the Big 12, you got Baylor going to Kansas. Kansas got a really big win last night at Oklahoma State. Um, I heard somebody talk about them as being back-to-back champions. I don't think that's going to happen. But hmm. Baylor showing up as a four-point uh, road dog against Kansas. But I'm telling you, I like this Baylor team, man. I think they're on the – they're on the way up. I'm not saying that they don't they don't play as much D as as their teams. Uh, they got a great you know great offense, but uh, can you get with me on a, on a finally on a, a road underdog spot here? Yeah, I think so. Um, this Kansas team, for whatever reason, has been a fade target from sharp betters. I've noticed the last couple of weeks, you often see the line move against them. And I think there's probably some good reason for that because they're overly reliant on the freshman three-point shooter, Grady Dick. And outside mm-hmm. of that, it's really just like a one-man team with uh, Jalen Wilson, who certainly is a fantastic player. But um, Baylor is more the well-rounded team. And I think if you can get them in a four-point underdog role here, that's a good look. Yeah, okay. On Sunday, you know, I try to highlight other conferences because we got to watch these games. You know, people who are listening yeah. to us to get ready for the tournament. And Houston's playing Memphis at home. Uh, Memphis, you're showing as a 12-point dog on the road. Houston is, you know, arguably the best team, and we'll see if they rise back up to the number one number one ranking. It doesn't really matter this year who ranks ranked number one because they can't hold it. But this Memphis team isn't bad. I mean, they're a good good basketball team. They're definitely the second best team in this conference. And as good as Houston is, sometimes that offense gets bogged down. And this Memphis team, I mean, they're balanced. You know, they can score and they play okay defense. So do you think that uh, Houston – it just seems like a big number for me for Houston to cover. It is a big number. You're right, 35th ranked according to Ken Palm. And you have to imagine that this 12-point margin that Ken has projected seems like a little bit too much. And uh, mm-hmm. I agree. I think that I would be looking to the dog here. I mean, I don't know how many players were on Memphis last year that are here, but you know, that's this is a team that beat Houston last year. You know, they beat them at least once. It was they were you know bloodbaths last year, just great games. And Houston, what I've noticed, I mean, they have such good defense, no no doubt, but they can have stretches where they just go stagnant, so they the teams can stay in. So maybe the the angle this is an action angle. Maybe it's the first half. I like the it. First half line. Uh, look I mean, at that i mean uh, if I'm you're trying. playing big dogs like this I, I don't hate going with the first half and just seeing if they can get there and then right. houston could potentially stretch the league in the second half and i've seen that in a couple of their games i'm like oh game's close and, at halftime and then mm-hmm. they just strangulate in the second half that defense is really good um the last game we've highlighted is tuesday assuming we'll record on wednesday thursday next week You've got back to the Big 12, Iowa State and Texas. This is at 9 o'clock Eastern on Tuesday. So Iowa State, you know, this is a team that 
I was going to get all on board with. I mean, they're really good sometimes, but then they drop games. I mean, the Big 12 is just, it's a minefield. It's impossible to win in this league. I mean, you saw like Texas got beat at Texas Tech. Yeah, last night. And this is is a Texas Tech team that's got, I think that was their third win in the conference. But when you watch them play Texas, they were just as good at Texas. It was like this league, and even Oklahoma's winning in this league. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, Texas at home against Iowa State. You don't have an imputed line in this one. What are you thinking here? Uh, You think this is just a stick to the home, you know, home favorite likely? Yeah, it does. Uh, let's see here. Texas. Two. This is Tuesday, right? It looks like um, Ken Palm has Texas minus five in this game, okay. which is uh, probably about right at the game in Austin. I think that uh, I honestly would side to the home team here. I, um, going on the road to Austin, the way that Texas has been playing this season is a tough place to play. And uh, having dropped the game last night to Texas Tech, I think they're going to be hungry going into the weekend and early next week. Yeah, agreed. They play Oklahoma at home first. And they've been playing better, but probably not going to beat them. So it's a little bit of a tune-up game for this one. So I'm on you. I'm with you on that one. Okay, well, so we got some spots for this week to get tuned up. I mean, we're only we're about a month away. Literally, we're mm-hmm. I guess it's what four, four weeks from weeks. today. We'll be in, uh, be in Vegas. So wow. before we get there, let's let's you got a little blurb on the Genesis Open. I I, I know you didn't want to talk too much about it, but you you mentioned Tiger's return. Tiger he is coming. Six, he played 16 holes today. <laughs> Interesting. What happened to the last two? Called because of know. darkness. <laughs> well. Yeah. I mean, he played a couple of tournaments last year, but those were majors, and I think this has been billed as like his first return to a true PGA tournament event, which mm-hmm. happens to be like his tournament that he reps. And so I think you're going to hear a lot of buzz about Tiger returning this week. He's uh, matched up in a threesome with Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas tomorrow, which should be pretty high theater. <laughs> Outside of that, though, I mean, this is another elevated event. So you have like 25 of the top 27 golfers in the world that are participating. And for mm-hmm. that reason, a lot of the odds are pretty short. I think you know, the top four or five guys on the board is going to be your standard Rom, McElroy, Scheffler, Justin Thomas. And they're all mm-hmm. like 15 to one or less. So to be quite honest with you, it's probably a golf tournament that I'm not going to be looking for futures target, but we'll be looking to play some matchups. So we didn't talk about this, not that we have to go into great detail, but do you think these tournaments that they're putting together like last week and this week with these top golfers, this is a response to the yeah. the alternate league and, and they're just trying to pump up the purses and really keep the PGA as the top you know, top group? Yeah, that's definitely a part of it. I mean, um, they have a lot of these tournaments that have had lackluster attendance recently, and so I think that they're looking to do that so that they can compete with the live tour. Yeah. I mean, last week, uh, you know, we didn't report on it, but the, you know, Scheffler came back and, and won that tournament. And it's just a wild scene. As, as we mentioned last week, I saw the highlights and it's not only the people like pounding beers and I mean, shotgunning beers. I saw some shotgunning of beers in there and yeah. people going nuts. I mean, it was, it was fun. Uh, that's for sure. We should go next year. I agree. I, 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 I told you, I have this vision that, we're going to make some cash. We are going to fly out. We're going to do that, and we're going to do the Super Bowl in Vegas. There you go. It's just going to happen. 
We're just putting it out, manifesting in the universe, actually. That's what we're doing. Cold. Okay, so it's going to be Colts train. and Bears round two, Super Bowl in Vegas. <laughs> there you go. But I will tell you, you know, we got the Vegas trip in four weeks, as we mentioned, March uh, 15th through the 18th, 19th, 20th, whatever. I had a vision last night, actually. I had a dream. I'm not like Marley the King, but I had a different type of dream, not, not, not for humanity. I had a dream about us at a craft stable. Uh-huh. I had a dream about hitting the fire bit. Nice. I had a dream about walking away with 20 grand. All right. This is what's going to happen uh, March 15th in Vegas. Baby. I like it. I'll be there. <laughs> I just, I like woke up at like four in the morning. Like it's pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> cold sweat. You're, like, you're like waking up in a cold sweat about a craps table in Vegas. It was at Paris. It was your table, the action table, which we can't mention because it's secret. But if you find that secret table and just throw those dice for all night. I can't remember if I told you, but they relocated the dice pit like to the other side of Gustav's bar, and it completely threw me off. So you just couldn't the the, the blue sky like is different over there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not the same Sistine Chapel painting. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, anyway, um, like I said, if you're out there, join us. Uh, hit us up. Whatever. We're gonna be there. It'll be, it'll be a fun time. I did talk to Prime. He's excited. Um, you know, we haven't touched base with, base with, with Dempsey in a while, but we're, we're definitely going to get the crew and I'm looking forward to it. So definitely, yeah, I know if I need it, but all right, buddy, well, follow us at side action pod on Twitter and side action podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram and follow me on Twitter at 31 S Roberts. All right. Enjoy it this weekend, guys. That's a wrap for this episode of the side action podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER intro and outro and transition music credits song titles jerry 5 and district 4 by kevin mcleod at incompetech.org license under creative commons attribution 3.0 creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0